and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. Join us for interviews, updates and chat with artists, influencers and those that manufacture the gear that we love. Hello and welcome to 9 to 42, which is the podcast from the guys at the Guitar Show UK and my very good and very svelte um, friend Jason Hunt is on screen because you've lost like most of your body weight, haven't you? <laughs> no, not all of it, but yeah, I've lost some. It was a, a came out of the, the final lockdown and went, yeah, this hasn't been good. Um, I was really good the first lockdown. I exercised every day. That first, what was supposed to be twelve weeks or whatever. By the time it got to the third lockdown, I was just eating chocolate bars all day. If I'm perfectly mm. honest, um, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm on day 29 of not drinking. Well, well done you. And, and I can't work out why. <laughs> I'm not running any quicker. I've not lost any weight. I've been miserable. Well, you go on holiday in a couple of days, don't you? I do. Do the classic get to the airport at 3am and get yourself a pint. Yeah. Get me, get, nip to the spoons and get myself a Guinness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Before we get to our guest, um, yeah. and we're not keeping him waiting on purpose... Uh, much um me and you are going to the we're going to the podcast show tomorrow aren't we? we're going to pretend to be podcasters <laughs> we are yes it's very exciting it is exciting i'm really excited i know you're more excited than i am i am i'm genuinely really excited about this i'm more nobody excited. is going to know who we are no no but i'm more excited about the i said to you why don't we go and get lunch around denmark street yeah. and go guitar shopping afterwards yeah well i've sold this as a work trip so, uh, you know, the fact that you're wanting to go for three quarters of an hour and then toddle <laughs> off to the West End. <laughs> yeah, also, um, I'm excited about the fact that I've managed to upgrade myself for 50p to first class travel yeah, tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm so jealous of that. So <laughs> je- Anyway, let's crack on, because <laughs> our guest has got no idea about what normally goes on in this. In fact, that, that could be the first, first question. Before I introduce you, uh, guest... Um, for the purpose of the recording, we'll call Billy. Um, have you ever listened to any of these? Uh, I, I haven't as of yet, actually. Right, they don't okay. get any better than this, no, they don't. honestly. <laughs> You've just had an example of the magic. <laughs> well, it's been brilliant so far. I think it's been quite funny, actually. All right, well, you've only got 50-odd to catch up on, then. <laughs> um, we're over the moon to have uh, Billy Watman with us. And Jason's known Billy for a while, but I met you for the first time, what? Three weeks ago? Two weeks ago? When was the guitar show? Two weeks ago. Two Two, weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. Um, Because I had to introduce you on stage. Oh, oh my God, I remember. (laughs) Having never met you. Our little chat before. (laughs) Um, So I came to find you, um, and uh, and that was the first time we met. But Billy's, well, he's a bit of an enigma. He's, He's... it's one of those things. If you've never seen Billy play, I never would. I would never normally say to anybody, "Stop the podcast now." But stop the podcast now. Just, just Google and watch any one of the videos that comes up, and then come back and join us in a few minutes. Because with a with a dropped jaw, which is exactly how I was five minutes after introducing you on stage. So go away and do that now. Have you done that? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for God. playing, and we'll crack on. Oh, no, as so before. Now we've, we've got downloads that now last about three minutes, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> well, no, I think it's worth it in context. So, Billy Watman's with us, and we're just going to introduce him as guitarist. Yeah. 
Uh, and as I say, met him, I met Billy for the first time, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Chase, when did you and Billy first meet? Oh, God. I mean, you've been doing the guitar or coming to the guitar show for years, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. I, oh. I, I, there must be, I mean, th- I can't, I don't even know. I think this is so fogged with uh, with lockdown and COVID with everything getting cancelled. I, th- I want to say like four years. Yeah. Three, four years. Yeah, possibly. Because um, I also started to get them all confused with like the London guitar show. Oh, don't do that. And then. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's better. <laughs> no, true, true. But I mean, as it like where I'm confusing myself of getting to these guitar shows. Well, yeah, I want I, I want to say it was four years ago. I think the first one. Were you? Were you? I think the first time I came across you, somebody said came into the office and said, "Do you want to go upstairs?" And no disrespect, there's a kid playing on possibly the Tanglewood stand. I can't remember. Might have been Tanglewood Faith. Something I, like prom- that. My, probably the Faith. I would imagine. Faith. And, uh, was it the one like on in the acoustic room? The first, yeah, yeah, one? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the face. Yeah. And uh, so I went upstairs and sort of watched you for a little bit, and then left in disgust at my own lack of ability. Because <laughs> uh, you'd have been about I don't know sixteen at the time, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then I think because uh, you played on the live stage before, but like you say, the lockdowns have just kind of confused things. I'm not entirely mm. sure where we are really anymore. <laughs> um, other than that, I spent lockdown three eating chocolate bars. Uh, <laughs> well, for a bit, of, bit of context, when we start, so Billy, I'm going to just ask you outright. I know you shouldn't ask this question, but I'm going to ask you outright. How old are you? I am 21. Right. Okay. Tw- 21 as of as it was my birthday, just a couple of weeks before um, the guitar show, actually. Oh, congratulations! Was, was the, the guitar show was the eighth? That Seventh and eighth. Seventh and eighth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, it was the the week before. My birthday oh. was the second, second of May. So are you? Uh, so you're at the Royal College of Music. Yes, I am. Have you just completed your degree? Uh, no, so I've got one more year left. So it's a four-year uh, course. Uh, uh, I'm in third year now, just finishing. Uh, almost, just almost finished my third year. So, how's that gone? It's been very well. I've, I've really enjoyed it, and I, they, they've been very supportive of all the uh, all the stuff I do outside of college as well, uh, which is obviously mainly what I want to represent as kind of like the brand I'm trying to. Yeah, make my thing so I think that's really nice as well so as someone who's a course leader at uh, BIM um, but I do event management obviously not guitar that would be an awful awful course if I ran the guitar <laughs> well one. I think I'd sign up for that if you did yeah. guitar I mean the first lesson is your strap's not long enough lower <laughs> lower lower uh, <laughs> so I, I mean what what sort of modules are you doing sorry this is probably completely off topic um, but I am genuinely interested yeah, so, so obviously it's a performance-based course. So obviously mm. everything I'm doing is mainly, you know, uh, just guitar, literally just playing guitar. Mm. Uh, and then my courses, that I, my modules that I've chose for this year have been jazz harmony and sound recording. Oh, right. So, I think that's, uh, they've been really fun, actually. They've been really great. Um, but yeah. Do you do any just, cultural stuff as well? Sorry, Ant. Sorry, the no, education sorry. chat. <laughs> uh, in what sense? I, I, so we do, I mean, the... The kids that come to us and study guitar do do guitar and guitar and more guitar, uh, and occasionally um, they'll opt for a mob- module that's kind of like sound recording or songwriting or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also, we kind of make them do some sort of like context and culture sort of thing, so like history and evolution of oh, music. So we, so we did have to do this for the first two years. So in first and second year, we had so we couldn't actually choose the modules for. First yeah. and second year. For example, we had like music history um, as one of the modules. Um, so 
when it came to stuff like that, it was a lot about like the music history and a lot of different genres of music that we, you know, especially a lot of music that I wouldn't usually listen to. So I yeah. suppose for, from that respect, yeah, uh, kind uh, of those kind of ones, yeah. It's, it's weird because we kind of do, I mean, almost from like Gregorian chant <laughs> up to 1975 in the first year. And then in the second year, it went from like 76 to modern day. And then, okay. and, and actually, <laughs> those of us of mine and aunt's age, um, actually, you realise that 1976 to modern day is actually a really long time. Mm. If you go back the other way, you're sort of like Second World War kind of music, you know, yeah. same time difference the other way. Yeah, I, uh, and I, I think... Oh yeah, even just looking at the music from then, I think it's it's crazy to think how much it's changed from from yeah that kind of period. I think like nineteen sixty, nineteen seventy, up until now, it's been crazy how different everything's changed of like the pop music. Because I think for so long, I think classical music was kind of the pop music of uh, mm. of those days. So I think a lot of it was very, you know, quite quite similar in a way, and just kind of slowly evolving, and then suddenly. This hit, and then all these incredible artists, like, you know, like Pink Floyd, like Queen, like these like massive, massive names that have like then created these new sounds and these new. I want to almost call them new genres or new subgenres, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, of where where it's kind of changed up until today. I think it's one of the things that I've, I've written down. Really, I wanted to ask you was that because you just referenced Pink Floyd and, and Queen, and you are twenty one, and you know, I mean, even when I was a kid. Uh, Pink Floyd were an old band. Mm. I, I mean, and, and you know, going through your YouTube channel and stuff like that. In fact, I've got it up here, um, so I could reference it. You've you've got like Pink Floyd, Queen, Dio, which was the thing that really <laughs> threw. I mean, I, you know, I don't know any kids that you know. Um, what else have we got on here? Uh, Metallica, is that Annihilator. Annihilator, yeah, that's one of them. <laughs> I mean, where did this kind of love? Oh, you got um, Mr. Crowley as well. Dream on. Is is this kind of like a parental influence, or have you discovered this music sort of on your own? Um, yeah, I think I, I owe a lot of my my music taste. I, I owe a lot of it to my dad because um, I think, and even just to me picking up the guitar in the first place, um, because like my, neither of my parents are musical, um, but I think the main thing that kind of inspired me so my dad always had a guitar like lying around the house um but he would always play a lot of like classic rock stuff so classic rock was like the main thing he was into and even nowadays like he won't he he won't even listen to any new music like he has his (laughs) his old music taste and that's it he won't even give it a chance (laughs) but at the same time i mean i I owe so much to him for that for because you know he was playing like ACDC and I think especially ACDC. So seeing Angus Young, like in schoolboy outfit, like playing this, I think seeing those kind of things all the time was uh, hugely inspirational. And I was just like, wow, that's, you know, that's what I want to do. Um, so yeah, all from my dad, basically my, my music taste. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I, I'm loath to quote bad news um, because you won't have any idea of what bad news the, is. The band? Yeah, yeah. Bad news? Scheiße. <laughs> I, I actually do know i actually do know and i'm i'm very i'm very sad if no one got that uh reference <laughs> that's something that me and my dad always reference. i got that reference yes <laughs> i also love in that little clip where i think it's joe elliott and it might be joe elliott and fish where they put the names the wrong way around on the pictures 
I think that's I think that's oh, a brilliant bit. No, on that. and yeah, I actually do know who Bad News are. And again, shout out to my dad there uh, because uh, he was there watching, like bringing me through all of these. We were watching Bad News together. Because oh. there's, the, there's that classic quote where Vin Fuego um, says, you know, like Jimmy Page. I think it says something because Jimmy Page didn't write Stairway to Heaven until he was like 24, and I could play it by the age of 11. <laughs> and there's a video of you from 13 years ago playing Star- Stairway to Heaven on YouTube. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah, I was seven. I was seven years old. I think that was the first time I'd ever played live. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little bit rough. It's a little it, bit rough, the video, it, but... It is a little bit rough, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm quite proud of it, like, looking back at it sh- thinking... You should be at seven, I was still playing Starsky and Hutch. Um, <laughs> I think I was playing Doctors and Nurses, and I'm trying to think who with, but I probably probably better not name her. Yeah, move on. <laughs> it is fascinating, you know, going through this, you know, you've got Lady Madonna, Hotel California and everything. So, so it's, I suppose it's a shout-out to John, really, for the kind of, like, really influencing you i mean there there are bits of um is the bark on here that you're playing at some point oh i don't know if it's posted anywhere but there is oh i think there is a short video of it actually yeah bark violin suite number one yeah so so when you're you're studying and you're you're taking these modules and you're doing did you say you were doing jazz uh, so doing jazz harmony is one of them yeah. jazz, jazz harmony I, which I have no idea what that actually means uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you sat there sort of like trying to play these sort of songs or are you creating your own new songs um yeah so everything everything I've always done so even going back to like pre uh pre-rural college uh, so I studied at Purcell which is a, a music school uh, and I was there for five years uh, before, uh, so from year nine to year thirteen, uh, and literally it was it was basically the same as what I'm doing now. I think that was quite nice because it was almost like a little warm up for what I'm doing now. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was all just it's all just strictly classical, as in like really just uh, just learning all these different classical pieces, like the way, yeah, I mean, the way they are. I, I think I always try and switch it up a little bit. For example. Um, <laughs> in my in my so at the end of every single year we have our final recital uh and in my final recital last year i played um another brick in the wall pink floyd as, as one of the pieces uh and then this year this year i'm pl- uh, playing my mr crowley arrangement as well as one of them um and then even even going way back to my audition for purcell i think this was a bit of a gamble but i'm very i'm very glad i did it because it also kind of showed them what i wanted to do because like so for the audition you chose two pieces two pieces of any of your choice uh and i did one bark piece and bohemian rhapsody mm. um so uh, yeah it was a bit of a gamble going to a classical music school having bohemian rhapsody as one of my audition pieces um but they loved it and they were really supportive of it and uh yeah it was really great so i think it's, it's nice i try i try and integrate the uh the arrangements and and ev- everything i can whenever uh, i can so well, that, I've got a couple of questions now then, and I'm saying that so Jason doesn't jump in. Um, so the first one is, and it's not a question, more of a statement, it, and it's worth going out to um, to watch the video because when you did Another Brick in the Wall a couple of weeks ago, the bit that really struck me was that thing with the, with the capo. Oh, the half capo, yeah. The half capo. Um, and how you'd worked out that, Using using a half capo with a particular set of tunings allows you to get the dynamic range you needed mm-hmm. to attack um, 
to attack that particular song and get the feel of the song. And it really, really works. Thank you. Um, and, I mean, I suppose straight away, for, how did you even think of that? Um, it, it, it was a bit of a... It wasn't like, obviously, straight away, as, uh, I, I wish I could say that I just waxed it on and just had this idea. Um, but I kind of been working on it for a little bit, trying to think of ways I could kind of play it. And I was trying to play it without the capo at first, trying to hold it down. And it was all just a bit too awkward and not really working. Uh, and I was walking, uh, working with my teacher as well in our lessons. So shout out Gary Ryan. Uh, awesome guitarist, incredible guitarist as well. Uh, actually, one of, he's one of the main reasons I wanted to come to RCM because he does stuff slightly outside of classical stuff as well so i knew he could help me in that in that uh, field of things uh and he did and he kind of came up with because uh, he was the one that came up with the idea of it being over the top of hammering mm. it over the baseline over the top um and then i can't rem- i can't remember the exact moment when uh i thought right i'm gonna go <laughs> i'm gonna go to the shed and saw one of my capos in half and then whack it on but i think it was I was trying to play this like the the chord, so I knew what chord I needed to have. I knew that if I detuned the G and the B string to a A and a C, so in, in open tuning, uh, the tuning is E uh, uh, D A D A C E. So the top three strings are basically just an A minor chord. So then once you put the fifth fret, like uh, just the top three strings, you bar the fifth fret. Now it's a D minor chord. So when I figured out that okay, so if I half a capo and then managed to get it on there my completely open chord is the exact chord I need to be doing for the guitar part of Another Broken the Wall. Uh, Another Broken the Wall. Then meaning that I could hammer on the bass line and then the the rest of it just kind of came working around the... Yeah, um, the yeah because the rest there. would have to be a workaround, wouldn't it? Yeah, because you, yeah, at that yeah. point, you're fixed, aren't you, with what yeah, you've yeah, got. Yeah. So then, like, solo and bits and pieces, you're going to have to just find a way of working that, however awkward it might be. Yeah. Okay. So then... The follow-on question from that, uh, and again, if you haven't seen that, then watch that because that's really interesting and it's a great insight into what you do. Um, how how much time does it take to start to think about the arrangements? Because the bit that knocked, always knocks me out is the integrity of the sound of the song within the arrangement. So you're doing a lot of clever things to ensure that at every point through the song it still sounds like the song you're combining the melody mm. and, and the chordal aspect you, you're bringing in various instrument voices you know that must take a long time and do you get quicker at it the more you do it or is every single one just at right shit i've just got to start from scratch here um yeah well i mean i think so, some some things are obviously easier than others uh so sometimes they do do just roll off and they, they quite just come from the the part I've worked before quite nicely, um, but you know, you know a lot of the time I will sit down with something and try it and it just won't work, and then you know I'm I won't necessarily give up on it, but I'll go okay this isn't quite what it is. But then you know there's other times where before I even pick up a guitar I'll hear it like in my head before I play it, so I'll kind of you know I'm listening to the song and I'm kind of getting these ideas. I think that's kind of come from doing the arrangements and doing all these different arrangements and you know especially playing a lot of arrangements and playing a lot of uh, uh just just a, a lot of everything just trying to mm. do as much as i can obviously i think that helps hearing those things so when i'm listening to a piece i think there's two main things that i have to have in mind is one i'm thinking okay my mind's trying to break the whole tune apart as in 
to all the different things. Okay, I've got the guitar, I've got the bass, I've got the drums, I've got the melody. And I'm really trying to focus in on just these solo parts throughout um, throughout the piece. And then the next bit is kind of, okay, how can I then take those and make that work on the guitar? And sometimes they do just like, they're, um, they're in my head, head and like, uh, I'll play it and it kind of works. And then other times it kind of does take a little bit longer. So for example, like with the Pink Floyd one, kind of had a little inkling of like what I wanted it to sound like but I just wasn't really sure how and how I was going to do it but I knew what parts I needed to have and then eventually you know after just trying different things that was uh what I came up to uh so yeah I think it's kind of hit and miss some some things really just flow really easily and I don't really have to try and they just happen really naturally and then other ones I do have to really think about and it's a a little bit of a challenge but both ways are still, still very nice uh and very enjoyable to do I I am fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by um it it's all the voicings and it's 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 that's the bit that really, you know, be, because you're making definite decisions on particular chord voicings which work in the context of the piece even mm. though you could even though you could play that chord half a dozen different ways and yet yeah. every other variant is not what you need. Yeah. So ah oh. This is this is so weird because I almost haven't thought about this properly in depth myself. So I'm kind of almost just I'm I'm thinking out my mind here. <laughs> uh, speaking out my mind, sorry. Um, but I think it's like, yeah. So so as you said, there's like you know a dozen different ways that you can play a chord, and it will sound almost different completely every, uh, every single time. And then on top of that, there's also loads of different places on the guitar where you can play this, and it will like the same voicings where it will sound the same but then give me different options of if I need to hold this chord, say it's like a, a three note chord, uh, I can have that in you know three or four different places along the guitar neck. But then because of where it is, I'll be able to reach different notes easier. So for example, if it's a melody that needs to come over the top, it might work in one place, but then not work in another, if that makes mm. sense. No, um, it, makes, it makes perfect sense. It is just... For somebody who doesn't have a clue where you would even begin to do that, and for whom you know has that guitarist thing of my hands fall into the same shapes over and over again, mm. that is, it's truly one of the first people I remember seeing doing it. Um, it was Knopfler when I when I mm. first started watching Knopfler, and when he was doing stuff, particularly stuff on on you know on the electro, so the Telegraph Roadie type stuff and the Romeo and Juliet type stuff and what have you uh, on the you know particularly the classical stuff and and it was then when I started to think those voicings are really interesting what he's mm. using um, you know how do you even begin to start to do that uh, and, and and it's central to what you do yeah I, well I think uh, uh, and this kind of comes from the the piano and jazz like more jazz piano to be honest and even even jazz guitar to be honest. And I think that one thing that happens, so for example, I think it's very easy to just, when you have a chord progression, just to play the first inversion of every single one, oh, sorry, not the yeah. first inversion, just the tonic version of every single one and just play them exactly where they are, exactly where the bass note is. Whereas with jazz, it's more about moving as little as possible to get to the notes that you need to. So revoicing, so having like a chord in one place and then changing two of the notes, just one of them going up and one of them going down and it being the new chord you need. But then the sound is so similar to your first one. It's, it's so at home with, uh, with that instead of jumping all, the, all over the place with these different chords. 
that kind of keeps everything very nice and and, and with one and i think it's it's good to have those options because sometimes you do want and and uh some songs do have that so you want to try and replicate the kind of sound that uh that the song has uh but yeah so I feel, I feel like I'm kind of waffling on a little bit. <laughs> no, but no, I think it's, no, <laughs> no I, it's it's uh, it, it. Having watched you play, um, it I, I was I was just fascinated by it um, because I think it's for somebody who has no clue, as I say, no clue where I would start to do that and doesn't have enough knowledge of of, of chord voicings and and you know playing stuff up and down the neck. Because as I say, I mm. I I suffer from that problem of you know you know uh, my guitar actually has 16 more frets than i ever i'm ever going to need um you know then it's it's just it's just really interesting to 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 see when somebody is is such an experiment of it like you are Mm. well Mm. i I think the most important thing is to start with your chords and kind of start or even even a bass line uh below that and then you know, figure out where you are and then kind of as you need to add the melody in, if you need to move to different places to then start revoicing things. So, for example, like, I don't know, if I'm playing something and then I'm, I'm on an F chord down uh, in first position, just a bar, normal bar F chord in the, in the first position. But then for some reason, I wanted my melody to be going up. I could then, I also have the F available to me on the eighth fret as a C position like a, a C uh, shape chord. Uh, so I suppose literally just having those different options will then kind of change the, the sound of the piece. And then you can kind of, it's all about bouncing off what you're, what you're working with as well. So, mm-hmm. so it's like, if I do go up for a, a different sounding chord, even though it's the same, you know, it's still an F, but it, it will sound a lot higher and a lot nicer. Uh, then, you know, I need to carry this on. I can't suddenly then go back down again. Cause then I think, things will kind of pop out of place. So I think it's, it's bouncing on top of uh, of ideas that when you suddenly start working and then you kind of just go down this kind of road of, uh, of trying to work it with that. Cool. Um, there you go, Ant. Start yes, practicing. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not really going to make any difference <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest. You mentioned that the first guitar show you were working with faith yes yeah, so I, I think i was there with ortega i was there with right. ortega guitars uh and it was actually at the birmingham show where i first partnered up with faith uh and i met alex there uh i'm pretty sure that was i think that might have been the first birmingham one i did actually um or maybe the second first or second one i I can't remember that. I actually I do remember it because I remember that was the first time. Obviously, we'd known Alex before, so you know we like seen him at the uh, the London Guitar Show, and we'd seen him about. Like, we kind of knew who he was, uh, and then we kind of like properly like got to like properly properly meet him there, and I like, had a good chat with him, and then we started talking about you know uh, endorsements with with Faith and everything, uh, and I played on the stand a little bit as well, uh, and that was really lovely. So it was really nice to meet him, and then uh, yeah, got my that was when I got my first Faith guitar as well, so. And are you using both then? Are you using Faith and Ortega at the moment, or is it? Have you now moved to Ortega? Uh, yeah. So because obviously uh, Ortega is solely just nylon. Yeah. And then uh, Faith. Uh, well, Faith do have a nylon, uh, the Lyra, uh, but they are obviously mainly steel string. So for any steel string stuff, I'll, I'll use my Faith, and then any nylon stuff is uh, mainly Ortega. But uh, these days, most of my stuff is uh, is mainly nylon. Yeah. But I mean, even when I was talking with Faith, like they knew that that was always. 
uh, are always the kind of route I was going down. But so, it is really nice that if I do ever need a steel string or if I'm ever wanting the kind of steel string sound, then I do have that option there as well. So okay. how did it come about that, you know, because with Ortega, because they're based in Germany, mm-hmm. uh, I have to say they're lovely, lovely people to deal with and, and are really easy. But, you know, so so how did it come about? Did they approach you? Was it at the show or um, was it after the show? No, so I think I think it might have been before the show, actually. So I think it was, if I remember, I'm pretty sure I am remember, remembering this right, but it was in... It was while I was doing the. It was. It was. It was while I was doing uh, the guitar star, uh, the guitar competition on Sky Arts. I remember it was because I was. I was kind of mid speaking them while it was all going on, and I uh, got my first Ortega guitar uh, just before the filming with uh, with Mike Dort. Uh, so I used it on on that one uh, for the. I think that was the semi final. I'm pretty sure semi final. I think. Um, so yeah, it was basically from then, and then. Yeah, we we've just been going going since then. It's been great, and now got a Billy Watman signature model. How is how is having a Billy Watman signature model? It, it's awesome. It is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very cool, <laughs> and it is just so beautiful. Like, I, I couldn't be happier with with uh, how it's come out. Like, honestly, it's been like so long that we kind of talked about it, and you know, talking about like the woods and like what would go on to it, and like so much of the planning has gone into it. Uh, and I said I was so happy like when first came obviously because obviously it was at Birmingham the first time I saw it as well uh so the first time I saw it and it was just perfect and the best bit is was uh getting onto stage plugging it in and it was just straight out of the box perfect it just sounded amazing needed no tweaks no nothing it was just brilliant right off the bat uh so yeah so we see so were you involved in the whole sort of design process size of the body you know the wood construction. I don't know the the headstock configuration. Were you involved in all of that, or are they just going like this is what we think? Um. So yeah, it was kind of like bouncing back and forth a lot of it. So obviously, because I used the uh, the Ortega Stripe Suite, so that was the main uh, main guitar I'd been using, and and still using to be honest. Like uh, as in, I, I still use both of the guitars uh, even now. Um. So I wanted it to be sort of based on this guitar because i really like this guitar uh and then we kind of you know we've been going back and forth a couple times and then uh i think it was thomas thomas the the owner uh so he um he came up with the idea to have the new body shape which i'm really glad that he did actually because i love it it feels so nice and it's it's so comfortable just how how it plays and just it's just beautiful i'm so happy um so i'm kind of creaming over my own guitar (laughs) at the moment (laughs) um but yeah, it was going back and forth. And I remember, because I remember one of the first things that I think I said was I wanted um, white ebony uh, for the back and sides. Uh, <laughs> and I remember talking to Thomas at the Birmingham thing of him saying, because I was like, oh yeah, I thought it was so weird because obviously the like for so long in the chat, they were kind of trying to convince me to not <laughs> use white ebony. I'd be like, oh, what do you think of these words and yeah. these words? I was like, oh yeah, it's nice. But as I, this white ebony was just out of this world to me. I was like, I'd look just, and it still is like, when I look at it, I'm just like, wow. Is it, it's just, yeah, it's just something else. Uh, and then apparently it was, because <laughs> when I spoke to Thomas, he was saying, yeah, it's just quite hard to get hold of. That's why we were trying to talk you out of it for so long. <laughs> Uh, but they're, yeah, they're, they got it for got it all for now. Uh, but I think the thing is as well because um, you have to leave it for a year before you can use it. So you have to have it for a year and let it just kind of set. Uh, well, before, that's for good a year for cash flow, it, so. isn't it? Yeah, I bet they were <laughs> delighted. Yeah, we'll, we'll buy all this wood and then just look at it for twelve months. Great, thanks, <laughs> thanks. 
but but we have to say this um, mainly because your dad sent me a message and you uh, saying that your performance at the guitar show was recorded. Um, yes. Shout out to Les again for the second time after Les. Yeah. Shout shed. out to Les and Simon. That was sounded great on the stage. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean the, that. That pedal show guy shouted out to Les as well on the Monday after the guitar show for being just an awesome sound guy. And I know this. This is why I've worked with him for 20 years. Um, I gave so, him two shout outs on the Sunday. Well, there you go. <laughs> so um, Les recorded it. Um, I think your dad videoed it. So it's going out on your Facebook page, is it? Yes, it's we the- are going to live stream, I believe, this Saturday, if I am remembering that right. Yeah, which is two days before this podcast goes out, but yeah. Yes. So, yeah, sas- Saturday. Well, so I suppose I can't, can't actually advertise it now anyway. But it, it'll still probably be there. So if you go back on my page, it'll probably still be there. So Billy Watman. So Billy did Watman everybody watched everybody. it? Did they enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've done that, John. We, neither of us forgot. I wrote it down. <laughs> Uh, so that's all done because he, he, he just said he can't wait to listen to this I, honestly if he's never listened to these before he won't be listening again but <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing that the bit I'm struggling with oh, there's, there's two things actually one was with the hat mm. because you had the hat on when we started recording because you thought we were being videoed mm-hmm. does that mean that Billy Watman is not allowed to be seen in public without the hat. Exactly. Right, okay, fine. <laughs> That's quite uh, a, that might be a millstone when you hit your uh, mid-70s. I, I, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's that I'm not allowed to be seen without it. And I, I don't think it's like that. But I think it's... I think there's a lot that's been behind. So it, the hat kind of just started. I think it was... <laughs> I wish I had a, a cooler story than what, what it actually is. But I was just in Primark with my mum. And I saw one of these hats. I put it on and I was like, oh, what do you think? She's like, oh, yeah, it's quite good. So and I, pretty much from then on, I think for for quite a few years, I basically just wore it nonstop. Even when I wasn't playing, like it was glued to my head. Like my the top of my head did not see sunlight. Um, but then, yeah, it kind of just became the image, and uh, and you know, I, I, it kind of started becoming when people were kind of recognizing me as, oh, you're the boy in the hat. And it was kind of when that was kind of happening. And it's also like if if even now, if I'm walking around and I haven't got my hat on. People don't really recognise me, or if they have, like it will be like, "Are you, are you that guy that was playing earlier?" Whereas if I'm wearing the hat, like they know, know it is. So I think it's it's a good it's a good brand, it's a good like logo thing. I, I suppose it is the logo of of, uh, of Billy Watman, I suppose. Mm. Uh, and I, I'll always remember this uh, as part of the guitar style. Actually, is when I when I met Milos, classical guitarist, and he asked me he asked me why I wore the hat. And I, I basically said this same answer that I, I think it's a good good image i think it's memorable so people remember me you know the boy in the hat blah blah, blah. and um i remember he said he was like billy it does not matter what you could wear a fruit bowl on your head people <laughs> only remember you're playing and I, I, to an extent i think he is right like of course your playing has to has to be there and people are going to remember you for the playing but i i still stand by that i think i'm i think people do remember me for the hat and you know it's, i think it's a good thing i think it's a good look i like it um so it's yeah i think it's it's, it's what i want to be promoting with the brand have so, you got you, a backup i've got like 20 yeah you'll have loads, uh, you'll have, you'll have loads. Good, Pri- good. primark if there's a signature hat but yeah they'll make it out of material you can't use for 12 yeah, months yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes that material has to be laid down for a year um but here's the thing then, because we we started off, or we spoke about Angus fairly early on. Now, Angus cuts, a, I think, a fairly sorry figure in his school uniform now. 
you've got that to contend with at some point down the line. Is the hat <laughs> still going to work? Um, I can't see the hat not working. Right, okay. Like, I can't... Like, I, I, I've seen, like, old guys wearing the same style of hat and they still look great, so... Right, okay. You might be right. It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a jazzy hat as well, isn't it? It's a bit of a, mm. uh, you know... So uh, you might you might well be uh, you might you might well be right. You might yeah, I, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I think Angus. <laughs> yeah, I was getting a bit a bit much with the <laughs> with the schoolboy outfit. I think he he's probably thinking, he's oh god, still got to wear this." Yeah, but, uh, I bet I bet I bet he's he's got. I bet they're stretchy ones now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to allow him a little bit more freedom. Um, in which case then. Why's the hat not got its own Instagram page? As in, why has the hat not got its own Instagram? Well, That's yeah, because a... you don't really need to see you, do you? You could actually have an entire <laughs> Instagram thing where the first yeah, thing. What's you the saw point was of me? What, why yeah, am I even here? Bit, like... bit of your forehead, the hat, and then whatever it is, wherever you are, if that makes sense. Oh, you know what? I might have to nick that idea off you. Right. Okay. We well, can have that. One. <laughs> Absolutely fine. That's but yeah. You, I've, I've never even thought of it. To be you might as well own it. You know, totally mm. own it. Um, you know that that, Billy, that could Billy's hat work. Instagram coming yeah. soon, folks. <laughs> you need a better name than that, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> name bending. Uh, yes. My final question of things, and I'm sure Jason's got hundreds left, and obviously we've got a couple of bits of um, contractual stuff as well. We need to get out of <laughs> out the way in a minute um, before we get sued. Um, not that we would get sued, um, but. The other thing is, because um, you, you work with a number of brands. Obviously, you work mm-hmm. with a number of guitar brands, but you work with another, uh, a number of other people as well. Um, I was, and, and you're not the first person to uh, construct tunes using loop pedals, um, but I was, I was very struck by uh, when you did start to bring that into the into the live show. Um, how it was, it was very intricate what you did. It wasn't just, oh, I'll get something going around the loop and I'll play over the top and that'll do me, that's fine. Mm. You know, you, you, you went proper full-on uh, Queen 48 tracks, 527 <laughs> different loops playing at the same time. So um, was there always that kind of thing that I'm go- I, I, I don't want to be part of the, the kind of the loop fashion craze. If I'm going to do it, it's where I really need to do it because it's the only way I can get the arrangement done. Um. I think yeah, well, yes and no. I think there is there is. If I can do it without the loop pedal, then I will try because I think it's in my opinion. I I think it's I think it's quite cool, and I actually prefer it as well. So for example, like with the Pink Floyd, like I could have easily done that with a with a looper, but I also think it wouldn't have had the same impact of no how it would have been of in you know because I think it's quite a cool factor being like you know because I I think the same. If I'm watching a guitarist, I think wow, he's playing all of that at the same time. Whereas when when you're playing with a looper, it's a different kind of wow, if that makes sense. So it's it's kind of more that it's like wow, that's really intricate from like a, a technical side, and that's really smart that you can do that. Uh, and it's le- it's taking less from the not that the guitar side isn't technical because of course you can still be doing super technical stuff, the whole like, all, all of the loops. But it kind of it's I I think it makes you appreciate more what's kind of being done with the loop and kind of the the thought process and like the uh, you know, the imagination of how this has been done with a loop rather than, wow, this has all been playing, you know, more of what's focused on he's actually playing, what he's actually playing on the guitar. Yeah, because the 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 bit where I kind of switch off with, with excessive use of loops is when it's just reinforcement. Mm. Whereas, 
you you use it and you're what you're doing is you're blending and we're back to voicing again but you're blending different points from the neck so you're into you're using it for maximum expansion of dynamic range to keep it yeah. to keep it interesting yeah because um, yeah because I, I think there's there's lots of ways that you can use a loop pedal and obviously there's just the main way where you know and and i, I do do this in some of my arrangements uh, and i try and you know mix about as much as i can uh, but, you know, you just record your, your chords and then you play your melody over the top or, you know, whatever. If you're singing, same thing. But I think the loop pedal can be such a, an intricate tool uh, when you like, you know, not not really using it in, in any of these kind of effects that being obviously that adds onto it as well, like having effects on the loop pedals. Mm. Um, uh, but I think that there's so much you can do and kind of, you know, you can start to really play with these kind of ideas of bringing the loops in and out as well and then obviously like deleting them while you're playing and then recording new ones and then that having that as your new loop and then all these different things uh and i, I, do, I do try and play with it uh, uh quite a lot but then you know sometimes i will just use it for just you know for example like the end of my um stairway stairway to heaven uh arrangement i do i, I record just you know the chords and a, a beat on it and then i play the solo at the top um so, for example, like that, you know, I am using it more traditionally, like, just yeah. that's how a loop pedal is going to yeah. be used. Yeah. And then, for example, like, when I'm doing... Because like, what I like to do is I like to explain the loop pedal as well, uh, which is what I did in that set. Um, when I do I do a mini version of uh, of Tubular Bells and kind of explaining, recording the different layers mm. and then or, and then playing the bass line over the top. And as well, also to shout... I know the video isn't going on. I'm going to go to the video anyway. But a shout out, because uh, when I do do that... Uh, and obviously I can't play the whole of Tubular Bells live, but there is a version on uh, on one of my CDs, which you guys can check out, good, and on good YouTube, plug. Spotify, all that good stuff. But yeah, so for example, like in, in using it like that, then it's less so, because then it doesn't really, it's not sounding like you're using a loop pedal almost. It's like you're almost creating this whole atmosphere and this whole yeah. kind of new kind of, almost like a band, but like, within this sound so you're almost creating this new sound that doesn't sound like a guitar that's been created just from the guitar uh because of the way that you know it is being played but yeah cool yeah well i've got one final question and then we should probably wrap it up um <clears throat> there's a video of you with brian may playing love of my life it did you actually meet Brian, is that some video footage you've taken and put yourself alongside? Yeah, so that that was just that was edited. Uh, so I, I'm, I haven't actually met him, not yet, not yet. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I didn't actually uh, get to meet him for that. But that was uh... for the record, I've not met him yet either. <laughs> but Simon has many times. Oh, you well, you have? Met... Oh, no. so oh, did compare on Saturday, Simon? He wrote. Oh, yeah, no, no, I know Simon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote the book Red Special with Brian and stuff so um yes we he regales us with many tales of brian wow i need to need to get in touch with, with simon <laughs> you do uh, i just went has brian seen that do you know or um i i think so i'm, I'm not sure i i know that because uh obviously we're, we're dating like back into the because when the original video of uh bohemian rhapsody was going about um i know that was that was shared by uh, Queen's official page and um, Freddie Mercury's official page oh, wow. as well, and I think I think Brian May might have shared it as well. I'm not sure on, on Brian May definitely sharing it, but I, I 
have some confidence that he has seen it. I hope, I hope he has. I hope he has. That's so in reality, the only the only person kind of associated with this conversation who's met Brian May is actually um, my wife. Oh, oh! And he was he, he was staying uh, in a hotel that she was staying in, and he swam past her in the pool. <laughs> and uh, apparently, um, his is not a hair style that takes well to chlorinated water. <laughs> Um, and you can you can imagine what he must look like getting out of the. You can stop now. He might come on this podcast one day, <laughs> and and I'll tell let, him that story. Let no, don't. <laughs> I don't think Brian's coming on this podcast, is he? Oh, you never know. Well, if he does, check out my stuff. <laughs> I'll tell He's him. He's doing it again. He's doing it again. <laughs> God, dear, Jace. Well, he's, he's, he's done his pitch. We should probably do ours. Now, <laughs> yeah, we should. We should. Yeah, we should. Are you do I are we doing reverb first or focus right? Oh, uh, let's do reverb. I'll read it out. Um, so it's a big thanks to the sponsor of this year's live stage, Reverb.com. Reverb is the premier online marketplace for musicians looking to buy and sell gear. Stay up to date on the latest releases and hear from the artists that inspire us all. You can check them out on Reverb.com. You are getting a radio voice. You know that, don't you? <laughs> you are getting a commercial radio voice. Uh, it's it's, all... It not be long before you're doing. Butchers from Bromsgrove <laughs> on, on whatever the local radio station is near you. Radio, radio WM, mate. Radio Black Country or whatever. Yeah, what do Bab? We also obviously have to, to thank our uh, our main podcast sponsor, which is Focus Right, and uh, and Billy. You're currently you've got the whole deal, haven't you? You've got the you've got the Scarlet package. You've got the Scarlet. Yeah, you've got I'm, the Scarlet I'm... mic. I'm using the the Scarlet mic at the moment. I've got my my little Focus uh, Focus Right Scarlet Solo that I'm plugging into right now. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I've, I've used Focus Right for as long as I can remember, really. And, well, the the only as in <laughs> before before that, I mean, I was using one of those little those little cork desks that only printed out CDs, which was not the easiest. Uh, but then as, as soon as I f- finally switched over co- to computer, uh, yeah, Focusrite was the first one I bought. And I, I think I've gone through six or seven different ones. Yeah. Excellent. They're, they're, they've been brilliant. Been brilliant. Our sponsors will be very happy. <laughs> yes. Very happy that you've mentioned it, you've endorsed them, and it's not costing them a penny. I, and I can write, I can write on the, the blurb that goes on social media, because I always write... Um, 1942 is made using the Scarlet 2i2, which is what I'm plugged into. But, and our guest was using a Scarlet Solo. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Right, on that note. On that note, we'll just get excited about the podcast show tomorrow, Jace. <laughs> Radio. What are we going to do if somebody recognises us? Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, do you? I mean, actually, Louis... probably will because there's people we know who are going to be there. Well, yeah, yeah but they're our friends. I mean, Louis Theroux's yeah. there tomorrow. Uh, we are not um, even remotely. No. We shouldn't even be in the same room, frankly. No. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> right. We will talk to you next time, folks. Bye. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, by the way. It's been brilliant. Thanks for listening to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. If you've enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button and share with other like-minded souls. For more information about 9 to 42, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Guitar Show UK. This has been an A Short Stories production. Nine to 42.